0: And here we go! Um, it was truly a masterpiece. I don't know about all that. Ugh, absolutely the worst movie ever. Hands down, bar none, the greatest action spectacular. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, the other one, just stick them up! Are you asking me? I promise I'm not gonna sing this time around. Welcome to the Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Cavender. With me as always, Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film absolutely amazing or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other is don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. Welcome to Pee Wee Herman's Day. All right. I'm excited. (laughs) It's the best day.
1: (laughs) Next to Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Hi, Justin. How are you?
0: I am fabulous. No complaints. Long day. Today didn't ever want to end with the work job but um i, I got through it
1: yeah so it t- i was
0: just waiting on other. i'm on the middle of a project that requires other people to be done before i can finish <laughs> so i'm just like just sort of waiting and waiting and waiting and uh oh it was a process
1: that's the same with me man um i have at work i have some open cases and i'm literally just waiting on people to submit paperwork so i can just close them and while I'm done with it, it's just kind of daunting. It's one of those things that, like, when your desktop is really messy and you just want to clean it up, I can't do anything until those are submitted. So it's just like, and it makes me anxious. But yeah, <laughs> I, I feel you. I feel you. Maybe I basically it's different. wrote but, down,
0: yeah. yeah, it's like I basically wrote down everything that I needed to type up into something. Like into this other thing, I put it into a Word document so I could basically just copy and paste and be done with the project in four seconds. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to do this and leave it here. And then as soon as it comes through, I'll just be like, bam, control V, done. (laughs) These toys are bad. (laughs) (laughs) This food is bad. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, yeah, that's that's interesting. It's um. I agree. And today I think was the was today the first day of fall or was yesterday the first day of fall? I think it was yesterday. OK, so it's interesting here in Washington because the, the foliage is really pretty, but the weather does shift and my allergies also shift uh, coincidentally. So it's kind of a, a bummer. I've been sneezing a lot today and um, I'm not a fan of it. My eyes are starting to
0: itch a lot, too. So
1: but, you know. You win some, you lose some, right? <laughs> right.
0: There was um this video. You remember the guy where he was on a skateboard and drinking the cranberry juice? Oh, yeah. Listening yeah, yeah. to like uh, Fleetwood Stevie Mac Dick, or whatever. Or, yeah, there you yeah. Go, Fleetwood Mac. So somebody did that while wearing like this giant pumpkin head thing and had a pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> And he's riding and the music's playing, but instead of taking a drink, he just like pours it into this giant jack-o'-lantern cup like pumpkin face and it's just dripping all down his sweater and everything. It was so ridiculous. That's awesome. I laughed more than I should have. I was like, God damn
1: it. You know, I'm not a pumpkin spice fan. Um I'll I'll eat or drink it. Um I just think it's gotten a little overboard i I like the culture that's behind it because it's just fun. You know, people get get all PSL and whatnot. But, um, I'm not a PSL fan that much. It's I think there are other better drinks out there in the fall. Um, fall beer is really not the best. I think winter and summer beer are my favorites, but um, but yeah, it's uh, I never got on the pumpkin spice train that much,
0: yeah. I don't really like pumpkin anything. They're uh, really, yeah, I had these um pumpkin chocolate chip cookies once that were friggin amazing. And no one's been able to replicate the recipe. and But I. But when someone asks, like, well, hey, what do you want for, like, your birthday or Christmas? And I'm like, I'll take pumpkin chocolate chip cookies, please. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what that is. I'm like, well, if you really care, you'll Google it and you'll make it and it'll be amazing. <laughs> and they attempt it. A Kelsey, bless her heart, she made them. And they were tasty, but just not as good as the original ones I had from um, Family Friend. <laughs> Pumpkin cookies. Yeah, pumpkin chocolate chip cookies. Oh, my God, it's so goddamn good. And um, it's interesting because so many people say that I'm hard to shop for. And it's like, dude, you don't even need to buy me anything. Just fucking bake me cookies, man. I'll eat them all. Like Christmas, all I want is baked goods. I'm (laughs) like that old guy now. I don't need presents. I just want (laughs) want baked goods. But I don't want, like, no peanut brittle, like, bought at, like, the store or nothing. I want, like, actual baked stuff
1: peppermint bark
0: <laughs> white yeah, chocolate bark <laughs> holy shit i'll do that in a second and my brother-in-law makes all kinds of awesome cookies and candies at christmas mm-hmm. so i'm always excited when the tin shows up I'm like, yeah. um you, i don't think you're very hard to shop for because i think that you're a good gift receiver i think you are kind of just cool with whatever so it's funny you say that because my code word for when i get a gift that i don't like i go very cool <laughs>
2: True story. I now
1: demand you to film yourself every time I send you a present. And I swear to God, if you say very cool, I'm just going to go, I save the receipt. It's okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's my tell. It's a terrible focus. Uh, Very cool. Shit.
1: Well, I hope you didn't say that about any of my gifts because I think all my gifts have been fun. So (laughs) they're all great. They're all cool. I love them all. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I really like the uh, the clue. Um, uh, What do you call it? Canvas. You gave me I was going to say artwork, but canvas. Super excited about that. I will put it up in my little podcast room and then I will uh, start murdering people with all the. Yeah, I
0: get you a lot of hanging presents. I I know.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, it's fine by me. I'm literally looking at the thing poster that you gave me and it's creepy. And it's really weird. And that's probably why people don't like to come over to my house because they're like, what's all this weird shit you got on the
0: walls? I know. But they're usually cool looking. It's not like it's... Oh, no, this is badass. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I think it's...
1: Because it's an original piece, too, like an artist, you know they did their rendition of it and it's it's really neat so no no i i think it's i think it's cool and it's very minimalist the, the clue thing because people were probably like why do you have that why do you have a wrench and a candlestick and a rope and a revolver and i'm like i
0: don't know use your brain <laughs> so, right
1: one plus two plus two plus one
0: right um so originally i was going to get you a shadow box with all of the items in it but like actual items like a like a Sort of like a, a vintage-looking revolver and like a vintage dagger, look kind of like a letter opener kind of thing, and a little tiny rope. I had this whole idea for the shadow box, but then I, I had no way of really keeping everything fastened down because some things were heavier than others. And I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm just gonna go with a picture of all the <laughs> clue elements. Uh, but I thought it would have been fun to have like little mini versions in a shadow box.
1: Yeah, no, I mean I, I'm completely fine with this too. This is great. <clears throat> that would have been the shadow box would have been funny because i just would have walked by and been like murder <laughs> yeah murder, you murder say, you say? <laughs> so yeah but i appreciate it i'm excited i will hang it up as soon as i get it
0: oh yeah i have it yeah, yeah i'm so nice you and delivering nice. gifts very cool very cool very, very is this one time very cool so he goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh. that's the code that's sweet <laughs> the more the more you know you get a very cool then it's not a good gift
1: i don't really ever do that i'm okay i'm a, I'm an easy gift receiver i i'll take a greeting card from people i'm like oh nice awesome thank you <laughs> so, oh yeah. I, yeah i'm more
0: for experiences like if if we went somewhere or did something fun on my birthday then that means a lot more than you know like a toy or a video game or something like that but uh that's why I kind of like artwork is because it's going to be around for a while. Yeah, totally. So every time you look at it, you'll think about it. Yeah. So that's kind of, and then shirts, same thing. I like, I like giving shirts too. Yeah. I wear shirts all the time. I wear them every day. I actually yeah, do. You're not allowed so. into a 7 Eleven without one.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know about all that, but maybe not oh, the ones no. in Seattle. <laughs> no shirt, <laughs> no shoes, no
0: dice.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Cool, man. Uh, what have you been watching? I watched Rounders the other so day, did I. <laughs> and then on the airplane I watched The Orange Years. It's a documentary about Nickelodeon, and that was fun. It was a it was a nostalgia, you know, treat. Just a time machine back into the eighties and nineties of uh, of what Nickelodeon was. But um, yeah, I, I really didn't watch much. I've been pretty slammed and doing other things here and here and there. So. Haven't really had time to watch much. I wanted to watch the Marvel What Ifs, but I just decided not to do that. And then I watched uh, ESPN on my flight home. So, um, yeah, I I failed to report that I've uh, done anything really great movie-wise. But uh, what about you?
0: Yeah, uh, so I also watched Rounders. I've been watching Kim's Convenience, which is great. Absolutely love that show. Uh, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos of Norm MacDonald, kind of can't get enough of that guy. And I'm still sad that he is gone. Yeah. Uh, breaks my heart. And then I watched uh, Star Wars Visions, which is like this animated. There's a, It's like oh, nine yeah. animated shorts. Yeah,
1: I saw that on Disney Plus today,
0: and it said it yeah. was new. Yeah, so I, it's nine episodes. The whole season dropped at once. And I watched the first four or five last night. That was pretty cool. Cool. And then
1: that's pretty much it. Um, Dirty Work is on HBO Max, and I yeah. love that movie. I thought it was so funny, and I listened to a podcast about it. Um, on uh, the watchables, and they were talking about it. I forgot that that movie was rated PG thirteen. Of like all of Norm Macdonald's comedy, that movie had to be rated PG thirteen. And one of my with, f-
0: with Bob Saget directing, yeah, it too by the way. Yeah, exactly.
1: One of my favorite parts in that movie is when the guy from Billy Madison, who is like. You are awarded no points and may God have mercy on your soul. That guy is in it. He was a homeless guy and he goes off on a monologue and it zooms in on him. And then Norm MacDonald cuts him off and goes, here's your two dollars. <laughs> <'cause he's the laughs> <homeless guy. laughs> I fucking love that part. Norm MacDonald is, is fantastic in that movie. He's so funny. Just when he looks off at like just blank stares at things. And yeah, he's um, he he will always play, you know, like in, in his movies, he always played Norm MacDonald. He could never be a different type of actor. He just was himself. He was Weekend Update, Norm MacDonald,
0: and yeah. What's this, the
1: dry? So dry, so freaking funny though. So yeah, the world lost a good one on that one. Mm -hmm.
0: My favorite part is when they're they're doing the prank on the mob house and they're just holding the fish <laughs> yeah. while all the, all the bullets are just
1: firing. He used the <laughs> chainsaw on me and now he's using it on him.
0: <laughs> and then Artie Lang
1: is just looking. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I like Don Rickles in it too. He's like, Tubby. He's like, Baskin-Robbins is called and they're down to five flavors now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's silly. It's so funny. I love that. But yeah. pretty uh, yeah. good.
0: Meep. Wait, you two are brothers? That's kind of a long story. My dad boned his mom. All, all right, right, so it's It's a, a short show. story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pretty funny
1: oh it's so good but uh yeah Nor Macdonald, r.i.p
0: yeah sad and it's sad <laughs> uh so this week we're going to be doing Pee Wee's big adventure from 1985 and it was a couple weeks ago we were talking about this movie laughed a little bit and we decided what the hell let's just go ahead and tackle that on an episode of don't be crazy the film was directed by tim burton who, of course, you probably know from Beetlejuice and, and the Batman there, Edward Scissorhands, freaking Mars Attacks, a couple of Johnny Depp movies. <laughs> <laughs> There's an Oz one in there somewhere. Uh, did he? Yeah, he did the Oz one, right? Like the Oz Great and Powerful. Did he do that? Um, I don't think The one so. that has like the... You're probably right, though. The guy that cut his hand off in the one movie where he's stuck on the rocks.
1: Oh. Uh uh that's a good that's a good question i don't actually know that
0: one yeah, yeah i don't either is that's it just good. called oz great and powerful i don't know um it has uh who's the guy that... james franco james <laughs> he, he, franco
1: he did your favorite version of planet of the apes with mark oh, Wahlberg. Yeah.
0: that's a good one <laughs>
1: yeah uh yeah. i don't see oh i know what you're talking about yeah 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 it's a newer it has like mila kunis and yeah. Um. Did he do that movie?
0: No. Oh my did, god, I he forgot he did. He did... Alice, he did Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. He did Sweeney Todd. Yeah. He did Dumbo. He Who did... did the Oz movie? I don't know.
1: Actually, uh, I think it was called Oz the Great and Powerful. Oh, right.
0: Okay. Oz, yeah. The great. I, I don't yeah. know. I, yeah. 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 I, it looked like a Tim Burton. Because <laughs> he definitely did Alice in Wonderland.
1: Yeah, that was uh 2013. I oh, uh, guess it was Sam Raimi. It was your buddy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's who it
0: was. Sam Raimi. Yeah. yeah.
1: there was I a forgot whole, about that. So a, he did a do... A bunch of deadites in that movie.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. So he did do um, the other one, though. The other Johnny Depp movies. He did the... Uh, Edward Demon Scissorhands. Demon Barbara Fleet Street. And he did... Yeah, of course, Edward hands, But then he also did um, Alice in Wonderland. And he did Corpse Bride. I believe
1: Johnny Depp was in Corpse Bride, too. He played yes. the voice of, uh, of the main dude... And he did the
0: Charlie and the Chocolate Factory one too.
1: He's creepy in that movie Johnny Depp. I don't like his teeth. <laughs> <It> scares me.
0: <laughs> yeah. My goodness. I know, right? Yeah. So a lot a lot of stuff. He's a busy man. He did Big Fish.
1: I know. It's one of my favorites. Oh, cry every time. Ret- oh,
0: retweet oh, if you cry every time. And Dumbo. That movie. Damn. I didn't see the, the new Dumbo mm-hmm. only because uh, two reasons. One, I love elephants so goddamn much, but the beginning when he's separated from his mom just breaks my heart. I hate yeah. it so much. I hate circuses. I hate the 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 animal abuse. But I'm not going to get into that right now. Yeah. But I hate it. I hate it. Hate Hate it. I hate it. <laughs> but I didn't want to. I didn't want to see an even realer version of an elephant. You know, go through this horror of the circus. Yeah. So I opted out. And there you go. Which is weird. I've never really. I don't do that too often. Where I just say, you know what, I'm not going to watch that. Usually, I'll give anything a chance, but that movie just, uh, it's not my cup of tea. Yeah. I and mean, I won't stand for it. But the movie was written by Phil Hartman, Paul Rubens, and Michael Varhol. So it's cool that Phil Hartman, uh, you know, got an early break in this movie. Uh, he's even in it, which is cool. Fun little cameo. Love the Phil Hartman, and I was devastated the day that he died. Yeah. Was he terrible. was, uh, God, he was so funny. Uh, you know. very
1: very sad but yeah he was uh, amazing and I mean he was one of those actors that I didn't realize had such a impact on my formative years I mean you know from the Simpsons to SNL to just different movies like Jingle All The Way and stuff he was in so many things and so funny and uh, yeah very very sad as I got older I was like man and I learned about what his fucking wife did and stuff yeah it's just um
0: very very sad but Phil Hartman there good guy uptown yeah. all the way Uptown all the way. Uh, the cast includes Paul Rubens, Elizabeth Daly, Mark Holton, Diane Salinger, and Judd Omen. So there you go. Critical Reception. Are you ready for this? Have you seen this? Heard about this? <laughs> movie is at a whopping 87% on the old Rotten Tomatoes meter. there. That's good. I know. That's a lot higher. If you would have <laughs> yeah. asked me, like if you would have said Justin, Pee Big Adventure, Bubby. Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> 30% higher or lower yeah i would have i would have been torn on my answer <laughs> and this is a whopping 87 percent. i was very surprised
1: when i saw that i'm like is this the real rotten tomatoes or is this some kind of punk site? am i getting punked right. right now
0: <laughs> right yeah No, that's crazy i i am blown away when i saw that i was like no fuck away good for them <laughs> get the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah, no, I um so we'll go over and uh we'll do the start of the negative so we'll end on a high note Time magazine. Have you seen this? You heard about this? They said, fair warning, this movie could induce terminal boredom in adults and rot the minds of the young. Oof. Yikes. Wow. Did they even watch the movie? (laughs) That is not kind. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Washington Post says, Pee-wee's big adventure isn't a movie, but a collection of found objects from the garbage heap of low culture.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yikes.
0: Yikes. Holy shit. So Empire Magazine, they got it figured out. They say, Burton's first feature revels in the weird, the unpredictable, the infantile, and the absurd. A dazzling debut. So, Hmm. yeah. It's worth noting this was his, his uh, first film. Yeah. How about that? Um, let's see. David Nusser, who I believe we've referred to a couple of times from Real Film Reviews, says Tim's Bur- Tim Burton's first and best movie. Hmm. Wow.
1: His best? That is a, That's
0: a bold, bold statement. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. And then one last one from the Christian Science Monitor says uh, it's a true original, a comedy maverick and I don't use that word lightly. Uh, maverick. Unless I'm talking about the Top Gun there. <laughs> or quoting... Never mind. We'll get into something else. Uh, it's a true original, a comedy maverick that looks and feels like no other movie I know. Hmm. Well, there you go.
1: There you go. Right on.
0: Yeah. Sarah Palin used to call uh, herself and McCain, Mavericks.
1: I don't know, I don't
0: know. Maybe
1: yeah. she was, was watching just a
0: couple of Mavericks.
1: Yeah, maybe she was watching Maverick the night before. Jody yeah. Foster. See. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. Well, here are some fun trivia
0: facts for you. We'll oh wait, 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 what what the no, budget no. Was? I'm, I'm
1: dumb. I'm, I, yeah, I am so sorry. Easy,
0: I... you <laughs> eager little beaver. The budget was six million dollars. It grossed forty million in the United States and Canada. Opening weekend it did four point five. Worldwide was $40 million. How about that? That's a lot of money. Yeah, for a $6 million film.
1: For a 30% of what your estimate would be on Rotten Tomatoes. That's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I was wrong. Yeah. Uh, Minty Comedic Arts did a really good top 10 on this too, by the way. So oh, I like funny. Minty. Me too. He's funny. He's like, I'm Minty. I watch things in Australia.
0: <laughs> that's It's funny when, it's, when it cuts <laughs> to him like uh the wider shot with him Mm -hmm. in his glasses Mm -hmm. he talks so loud like he's like screaming at the camera it's like echoey yeah and when it's the regular voiceover it's like perfectly calm normal voice it's so funny he's funny he's like but then
1: i thought that was funny how about that
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. he's
1: funny i like him a lot it's just it's such low production value but he has so many followers and
0: i watched the shit out of him so he's he's great a couple years ago i could not it's the only thing i watched on youtube because he already had like you know 200 videos or something so yeah i just just kind of went down the list
1: yeah yeah no he's he's great i've seen a lot of his shit so yeah um okay well here's some trivia so tim burton and paul rubens uh, brought on danny elfman as composer after burton had attended concerts by oingo boingo of which elfman was lead singer and songwriter Elfman was originally apprehensive, having no formal music training, but he was assisted by Boingo guitarist Steve Bartek as orchestrator. Elfman later said that hearing his music performed by an orchestra for the first time was one of the most thrilling experiences of his life. Oingo Boingo. It sounds like a band that's right up Justin's alley. I um I don't know I don't know many Oingo Boingo songs.
0: Sure you do. You know Insanity, that's the one where it's like the kids' choir singing. What? It's like, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Who mm. do I pray to to straighten out this problem? Okay, so there's that one. <laughs> there's like weird science. Oh yeah, I love that one. You know, you know that one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know, um, my creation is real. You know, have you heard "Little Girls"? Where it's uh-huh. like I love little girls. They make me feel so good. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. That's a weird song. <laughs> oh man. Uh, then you have Dead Man's Party it's a dead man's party who could ask for more <laughs> everybody's coming leave your body at the door have you heard that one no uh oh it's so good and then there's like just another day where it's like it's just another day just another day oh just that another one i heard day. yeah yeah <laughs> there's a smile on
2: my face yeah
0: oh man i fucking know all their songs this is, I, those are like their hits that i thought you would know but I guess not. Just the hits, <laughs> or yeah. no, no, deep deep... <laughs> no? No tracks only. No hits.
2: <laughs> oh man,
0: Ungo no, Bungo is fucking awesome. Man. Okay, I saw yeah. one time I saw this bumper sticker that had like it said ongo Bongo and it was like this like this K Rock sticker, which is a which is a radio station down here, like mm-hmm. almost six point seven in the LA area, and it said like ongo Bongo like. 93 or something like that and (laughs) k-r-o-q and and i was like oh fuck yeah dude like honk if you love boingo boingo
1: honk if you're horny i honked (laughs) gas break honk well uh did you know that this was tim burton's directorial feature debut and he had previously directed some short films but uh this was his first real big movie that's great fascinating
0: yeah, because he did like some stop motion short films, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And actually,
1: the Disney Channel picked up, or the Disney Channel, Disney picked up them. Um, let me look and see what it's called. I think it was uh, Vincent is, is yeah, what it was yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because that's, that's, uh, that Frankenweenie or something yeah, like that is kind yeah. of like
1: based on that, I think. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same style that he uses throughout his films. yeah. So uh, the drive-in sequence was filmed at the Studio Drive-In, formerly located in Culver City, California. The studio was built in the 1930s and was the first drive-in theater constructed in California. It served as a set for several films, including Grease, and it was closed in 1993 and demolished in 1998. No trace of this drive-in remains. And that is interesting. I wonder what's right there now. Probably a Starbucks. Probably a In-N-Out or something like that. You know where the weight room is? Yeah, I'll check it out. <laughs> Paul Rubens and Diane Salinger uh, both had cameos in Tim Burton's Batman Returned as Penguin and Oswald Cobble, Penguin slash Oswald Cobblepot's parents. And that's funny because uh, Diane Salinger was Simone. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. funny when he yeah.
1: does it. Yeah, they're like, Missy Buku, And he goes, dead dead de <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: I brought yeah. you a French fries. So I recognized him immediately in the theater. I remember that. I was like, well, that's For Batman happened. Returns? Yeah, but oh, I, did, yeah. I, I had no idea that, that that was Simone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was today years old when I learned that.
1: <laughs> I used to watch this movie a lot uh, growing up and in high school and stuff. And anybody who was named Andrew, I'd go, Andy! <laughs> <laughs> so he just runs from it it's awesome and then finally many of the movie's props came from the personal belongings of paul rubens which i think is so funny because it's he's just like oh yeah i have that at my house i'm like
0: oh yeah his house is like a giant spencer gifts
1: store probably <laughs> he has that fart gun or the you know the gun with the parachute thing that you would shoot and it shoots air at you people would fart in those and shoot them at people as they walk by in the mall i was like what the
0: fuck it's oh, <laughs> it dumb
1: yeah it was really stupid but
0: yeah it's funny so like one of my favorite things is when he has like the bowl and like the giant spoon. He's like eating breakfast <laughs> and the way he chews. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, it yeah, so, takes like one bite. He's got like, all that trouble to get all that cereal. I know. <laughs> so <laughs> ridiculous. I uh, just remember the big old like just utensils and shit. I'm just like, Oh my God, his big old toothbrush. I'm so good
1: sad. morning. Pee-Wee. Good morning, <laughs> Mr. Breakfast. <laughs> Can I have Mr. T cereal? Of course, Mr. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: pity the fool. Uh, Don't eat my cereal. (laughs) Yeah, and then he just pours it all on his, like, all of his food. He has like
1: three pieces, and then that chew, yeah, where he kind of like chews to the side and he like
0: goes (laughs) done.
1: Wipes his mouth. It's so so fucking weird. Oh my God. Okay, so disclaimer: if no one's seen this movie, it is just crazy town banana pants. I, I it's so hard to even describe. But here, I'll give a synopsis. So Pee-wee Herman has, heavily accessorized, has a heavily accessorized bicycle that he treasures and that his neighbor and enemy, Francis Buxton, covets. Dottie, bike shop employee, has a crush on Pee-wee, but he does not reciprocate. Pee-wee's bike is stolen while he is shopping at a mall, but the police tell Pee-wee they can't help him find it. Pee-wee thinks Francis took it and confronts him. Francis' father convinces Pee-wee that Francis did not steal the bike. Pee-wee offers a $10,000 reward for the bike. Francis, who did indeed pay to have a friend steal the bike, is frightened by Pee-wee's relentlessness and pays to have the bike sent away. Pee-wee holds an unsuccessful meeting of friends and neighbors to find the bike, then angrily rejects Dottie's offers of help. He visits uh, Madame Ruby, a phony psychic. Ruby, spying... Ruby, spying Al and Moe's bargain basement across the street, tells Pee Wee his bike is in the basement of the Alamo in San Antonio. He hitchhikes to Texas, getting rides from Mickey, a fugitive convict, and from Large Marge, the ghost of a storied truck driver at a truck stop pb finds his wallet is missing and pay for, pays for his meal by washing dishes he befriends simone a waitress who dreams of visiting paris as they watch the sunrise from a dinosaur museum he encourages her to follow her dreams but simone tells him about her possessive boyfriend andy who disapproves the lumbering jealous andy arrives and tries to attack pb who escapes onto a moving train where he meets hobo jack peewee eventually arrives at the alamo but learns jimmy crack corn i don't care
0: jimmy crack corn <laughs> i like how, how peewee just keeps like getting more and more annoyed like <laughs> it starts off where he's like into it and then he's just like oh my god i can't yeah do like, i know tour, <laughs> <Did> he... <laughs> he throws himself from the train <laughs> without his little handkerchief and stick <laughs> yeah
1: so peewee eventually arrives at the alamo but learns at the end of a guided tour that the building does not have a basement at a bus station, Pee-wee encounters Simone, who tells him she and Andy broke up and she is on her way to Paris. She tells Pee-wee not to give up on finding his bike. Pee-wee calls Dottie at the bike shop and apologizes for his behavior. Andy spots Pee-wee and resumes chasing him. Pee-wee evades Andy at a rodeo by disguising himself as a bull rider. Forced to ride for real, pee does surprisingly well but receives a concussion. <laughs> Pee-wee enters a biker bar to make a phone call, but the outlaw motorcycle club threatens to kill him. <laughs> First we stomp him! Then we tattoo him, then we hang him, and then we kill him. (laughs) It escalates. Oh, my God. After he accidentally knocks over their motorcycles, he makes a last request. Wait, don't I get one last request? Dancing to the song Tequila in a pair of super high heel boots. His energetic countertop performance wins over the bikers who give him a motorcycle for his journey, which he crashes immediately. (laughs) The funniest part in the whole fucking movie. Oh, my God. He awakes in a hospital and sees a television news report where his bike is being used as a prop in a movie starring a bratty child actor, Kevin Morton, from The Wonder Years. Pee-wee sneaks into Warner Bros. Studios in Burbank and grabs the bike. Security guards chase him across the studio lot and through several active sets before he escapes. Later, Pee-wee discovers a burning pet shop and rescues the animals. Although the firefighters declare Pee-wee a hero, the police arrest him for his disruption of the studio work. The president of Warner Bros., Terry Hawthorne, decides to drop the charges and return Pee-wee's bike in exchange for the rights to adapt his story into a movie. The resulting movie is a James Bond-style film starring James Brolin as P.W. Herman and Morgan Fairchild as Dottie. They must retrieve their stolen motorbike, the X-1, containing an important microfilm from the Soviets. Pee-wee has a bit role as a hotel bellhop, though his voice has been dubbed. (laughs) (laughs) No nothing right now, Mr. (laughs) (laughs) Herman. You have a telephone call at the front desk. Seeing the film at a drive-in theater, Pee-wee gives refreshments to all the people he met along his journey, then joins Dottie at their bikes. He also encounters Francis, who tells reporters he is Pee-wee's best friend and taught him how to ride. Francis claims to be knowledgeable about Pee-wee's bike, but accidentally sets off one of the bicycle's gadgets, catapulting himself into the air. Pee-wee says he wants to leave the drive-in and Dottie asks why he is not staying to watch the rest of the movie. But Pee-wee answers, I don't have to see it, Dottie. I lived it. Right. He he and Dottie then ride off together, silhouetted against the screen. That is a off the rails synopsis that (laughs) goes from point A to point Z. Very, very quick. (laughs) It's all over the place. But, um, but Justin, what I want to ask you is when did you first see Pee-wee's big adventure? And did you ever watch the TV show Pee Wee's Playhouse?
0: Yeah, my goodness. So this movie came out in 85. I saw it sometime between 85 and 87. And I only know that because I saw it way while well, I lived in San Diego. It was on TV a lot. And I was a little boy. I would have been seven years old, seven or eight. And um, yeah, it was crazy. It was hard for me to get into when I was a kid. Uh it was kind of off-putting. <laughs> you know, I, I saw it. I laughed a couple times, but I just remember thinking it was just not necessarily in my wheelhouse per se. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, when I did watch, um, uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse, uh, but not like regularly. If it was on, I would watch it for to, like a commercial and then switch to something else. Uh, you know, I, I was quite familiar with some of the props and like the chair with the face on it. And, yeah. um, Lawrence Fishburne. I didn't know it was Lawrence Fishburne at the time, but I remember the you know the cowboy guy that would come over and everything. Um, the, the the sheriff of Pee Weeville or whatever the fuck his yeah. name was. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I when I was young, I wasn't necessarily a Pee Wee fan. I would watch it, but it wasn't really my cup of tea.
1: It was a weird show. It, it was. I mean, like, and I, I know I say that, and in, and. In, Looking at shows nowadays, or I mean, even in the past 10 years, they are pretty absurd. Like, look at Blue's Clues. You're like, OK, well, it's a dog and a guy looking at the screen and he's breaking the fourth wall and asking us to find clues like that is so weird on paper, but it worked so goddamn well. And I think this was just a product of the 80s that 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 really hit people and, and some people absolutely loved it. He was an absurd oddball character who had a high pitched voice and wore a really tight tux or uh, suit with a bow tie. It just was very odd. Yeah, the talking couch like mm-hmm. a- a- the fish would talk. It was just it was weird. So I, yeah, I mean, I watched Pee Wee's Playhouse, but I think it was more so as I got older, I watched Pee Wee's Playhouse and then I saw the movie and I'm like, oh, my God, I love this movie so much. But it was not a good film or I remember it not being a good film. I'm like, this is a garbage movie and it's so fucking weird. It's just absurd. N- right. nothing, nothing about it seems kid friendly. It all just seems like you know a, a fever dream, basically. Like you're watching Bone Tomahawk when you got a fever. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> Cowboy Curtis. That was Lawrence Fishburne's name. I had to look it up. I was like, "What the hell is there his you name?" Go. He used to go by Larry cowboy Fishburne guy. back in the day, too. Oh man. Um, but yeah, you're right. Because I mean, it was just weird. As a kid, there was nothing relatable. Like he was, he was fun in his own weird way, to where he would like the whole eating breakfast thing and brushing his teeth. He's doing routines that are common in your household, you know, taking a, uh, I would say taking a bath, but I guess he doesn't really technically do that, but he (laughs) gets up out of bed. He, he gets ready to start his day. He gets dressed. He brushes his teeth. He eats his breakfast, uh, feeds his dog. Um, and it's all things that, you know, kids would know how to do, but I was never into kids shows. Like I, I never watched Sesame street. Really. I wasn't into, Uh, Mr. Rogers Neighborhood. I I, I was familiar with them and I would watch them from time to time, but I sort of missed that window. I never watched it when I was at the right age to where by the time it was a thing, I already knew my ABCs, you know? (laughs) I knew how to treat people. And so I was like, kids, watch this shit? I hate it. And so... That was just always the way it was. I remember going to see some Sesame Street movie in a the theater and I hated every second of it. <laughs> it was like a Big Bird like was like lost and like on the road and he was doing odd jobs for like farmers and stuff. I don't even <laughs> remember what it was. Odd jobs. <laughs> Had to had to feed the monkey. As Doing it were. some
1: programming on the on the computer but, there.
0: But you know what's funny is I do remember it was rated G, and I didn't know what that meant. And then I remember you know seeing a sign like G was general audience, and I was like, oh, that's
1: yeah. interesting.
0: Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It was weird for me because I was just I was never into kids' programs. I, I like cartoons. I could watch cartoons all the live long day, but uh, the. The live action talking to puppets was never my jam. I fucking hate Muppets. I hate puppets. I hate all that stuff. So uh, it was just not my cup of tea.
1: Yeah. You know, that's so that's so funny because I think it's it's weird that. What we deem as like kids entertainment. I mean, who's to say what is kids entertainment? You, you 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 can't just keep doing. There's no paradigm, I should say, for it. You can kind of do whatever like Yo Gabba Gabba. I don't know if you've ever seen any of that stuff, but oh, it's it's exactly it's just it's crazy town banana pants. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. That's
0: that's exactly what it, it just doesn't make any sense. Right. So um, I think, I think yeah. traditional kids programming would be some sort of form of educational experience, whether it's how to treat people, introducing them to new concepts, Um, new letters or numbers or uh, hygiene or something along those lines (laughs) makes it, you know, a a kid friendly
1: show. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, that was one thing that Mr. Rogers did, right? Where he would have people come over and they would tell him, you know, how their day was going. If they had a bad experience, you learned how to treat people and how, you know, we're all created equal and, 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 you know, there's different types of workers and there's nothing wrong with being a cashier at a retail store. You know what I mean? Like there's there's so many things that that kids have to learn at a very young age to just treat people with respect. And I think Mr. Rogers was good at that. And Pee Wee might have been, too, but I never really watched his I was I I. Could not tell you a single thing that happened on Pee <laughs> Playhouse, other than screaming. Maybe a word of the day. I think there was a word of the day. Yeah, there was. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as the, yeah, the whole house went fucking crazy yeah. any time the word yeah, was said. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I, I couldn't tell you a single thing that happened on that show.
1: Yeah, it was just a lot of calamity, and and it is such a stark contrast to, um, to Mister Rogers. And I, I grew up watching Mister Rogers, but I, ca- I can't tell you. Um, anything about that show necessarily other than King Friday and stuff. But but oh, my gosh, when that documentary, once you be my neighbor came out a few years back, I remember seeing the trailer and I was tearing up and I got I bought a ticket to go see that. And I sat in the corner because I knew I would just start bawling. And I was I mean, it's I don't know if you've seen it, but it is phenomenal. It's uh he was such a good person. And I think everyone kept calling him a sham. They're like, he's, he's not like this in real life. Right. And he just was such a good person, completely different than than Pee Wee's uh, Playhouse. I'm not saying Paul Rubens wasn't a good person. It's just that show was kind of like this is flashing lights and entertainment for kids. Whereas as Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street, were trying to teach you that it's OK to be different. And this one's like everyone's different. Everything's crazy chaos. So a very different children's show, but a children's show indeed. So like I was saying, this movie, this movie, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, it's pretty insane. And it, if you had no experience with Pee-wee Herman, like we just talked about, you'd probably hate this film. Like, <laughs> legit, you'd be like, what the fuck? Why did you make me watch this? It's childish, it's weird, and and mostly of it is just off the rails completely. I personally love this movie because I grew up with it during my formative years, like I was saying. And PB's Playhouse was, for all intents and purposes, just it was a kid show like we just talked about. And as I watch this movie now in 2021, and back when I was a kid, you know, in like 15, I'll just say kid as 15. I noticed there were quite a few disturbing images and adult moments in this movie. The movie's rated PG, but in the 80s, that might as well have been PG-13, a whole grade up. That's pretty intense. What genre, Justin, what genre do you think this is? More importantly, what audience is this trying to capture?
0: Uh, I'd, I'd actually classify this as like a dark comedy. Yeah, right. I, I think it's very much akin to dark, like the Fargos and the Heathers and and the welcome to the dollhouses. You know, like it's <laughs> less so it's a totally dark movie, especially when he's like in terror, like. Once he loses his bike and he's losing his mind and his world is c- like crumbling all around him, it's really sad. Yeah, and like he goes crazy and no one's taking him serious. He ha- they all they all support him. Like they all come to his house for the the town meeting to to find <laughs> out about his bike. But when he's got like two hundred fucking pieces exhibit of
1: Q <laughs> scale model of the mall. Yeah, you're like,
0: whoa, calm down, guy. <laughs>
1: knitting and knitting and (laughs) knitting
0: (laughs) yeah so he's like he's like you know his he's uh like a raving lunatic at that point right (laughs) (laughs) he's totally lost his mind his his world has ended which is akin to like a child right like Mm -hmm. you can't have this toy or whatever you can't go to this party well my life is over right (laughs) glad Uh, frog yeah everything is it's over i might as well just go upstairs and die because my life has ended right now you have killed me and uh that's what it was for him with his bike yeah um and that's and that's really sad he's not interested in relationships he's not he's in his own little world you know and uh and it's really sad and everyone wants to be a part of his life but he he just He's he's not cut out for that. He's doing his own thing We're we're living life on his terms, which I think is interesting. But I do think it's a dark comedy. It has a lot of really weird moments. Uh, But, uh, you know, it also has some heart to it too. Like when he was having that conversation with Simone about chasing her dreams and she needs to do what's, what's important for her. You're never going to know until you try. I mean, there's, there's some messaging there and yeah, it's all stuff that kids need to know. I mean, Sure, you can, you can dream to be an astronaut or a fireman or being a big Hollywood movie star or something, but you have to try in order to do it, right? So I think there's some messaging there. Right, and he learns humility on his road trip. Like,
1: he, he tells Dottie he apologizes, you know, like, she just wanted to help, and and he learns to be humble for the most
0: part, but... Yeah, he even tells her that.
1: Yeah. Um, so but then I, when she wants to yeah. go on a date, he's like... I know. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if you can wire me a bus ticket, that'd be great. <laughs> so yeah, I agree with you with the dark comedy. Um, like after he does the whole exhibit queue, all that kind of stuff. And then he's walking through the rain and they're like, Hey man, you're an outsider. We don't take outsiders. And he goes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a literal boo hiss. Oh yeah. boy. It's, um, it is really dark. And there are moments when he has like dream sequences, like when his bike is all, uh, in shambles. And the clowns are pushing it in through like the emergency room. The doctor's operating on it. And he has a clown face. Dude, when I was a kid, I was terrified. I did not like the imagery. And so that's I think what I was was kind of getting at with this is it's it's so weird because uh, much like how I think you and I have talked about Gremlins a, a bunch before. That's technically like a kid's movie, Gremlins. But that movie is terrifying. Right. <laughs> like, it could easily be an R-rated movie. Dude, it's so scary. And it was on the yeah. Disney Channel all the time like who the hell is scary man that's (laughs) how they that's a
0: that's a genre
1: 80s scary yeah like that lady dies, right? Doesn't the the lady get killed? The, the lady who's just a really mean lady or whatever. I'm doing a bad job. Oh, yeah, the describing. old lady. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. yeah, she yeah she's terrible though. Yeah, but but still, she doesn't deserve to die. <laughs> like it's it's just <laughs> a lot terrible.
0: She lived a long life of being <laughs> horrible, so it's it's okay. We can laugh about it. <laughs> we her can now. laugh <laughs> about it <her> now.
1: <laughs> so this movie is, is so interesting because you know, while while Pee Wee Herman, uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse was a, a kids' show. I think this movie took a lot of liberties and we're like, we're going to kind of expand things. And there were a lot of adult jokes. So when I sent you a Instagram video of Pee Wee dressed up, he's like, what's the problem officer dressed up as like a, a girl. And then there's the joke in it that I didn't get until now when Mickey looks and, and he sees Pee Wee just dressed up after they kind of escaped that little thing and he kind of smiles. He's like, Ooh, she looks good. Yeah. And I and realized. He just got out of prison. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> this yeah. movie is funny. <laughs> it was
0: yeah. so stupid. He was ready to penetrate the Pee Wee. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he was ready. Oh
1: man. I love that. Oh yeah. Mickey was great. I like you, kid. I like you a lot.
0: <laughs> you know what's funny is I just saw him in Red Dawn, and I was like... He's in Red Dawn? Yeah, he's like the he's like one of the bad guys.
1: The general or whatever? Uh,
0: I don't know what his rank was, but yeah, he's one of the higher-ranking dudes. Oh, wow. And uh, it's funny because when I saw him, I'm like, man I know I just saw this fucking guy before and it was last week when I watched Red Dawn so I was just like I couldn't place it it was hurting my face and so I had to pause it and I looked him up and I was like oh my god I knew I just saw this guy except he didn't escape prison in Red Dawn so he- but what's funny is it's a bit of a time warp right because those movies almost came out the exact same time yeah and so he looks the same so that's why I was like what else could I have possibly seen this man in to where he looked just like that it was to me out Oh, my God. Here you
1: go, Mickey. One soda and one (laughs) foot (laughs) long. Yeah, wink. (laughs) Wink. Yeah, wait a minute. (laughs) There's the file sitting on it. (laughs) so dumb. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. So, yeah, I mean, I think the audience is, it's interesting because this can be geared towards kind of anybody, but um, I think think it's an
0: adult movie. I I think so, too.
1: I I, I would have a hard time showing it to my kids because I I would be
0: like, all right, we're going to probably stay up late tonight because you're going to get nightmares. So yeah it does have some bizarre like even when he's he's when the bike when he realizes his bike is stolen and he's disoriented and, yeah uh and then the clown's laughing at him and it is it's a lot to take in the large marge thing oh, boy. is pretty creepy yeah,
1: that's the scariest part in the movie i think
0: um she's just this crazy old truck driver lady <laughs> so when funny. they pulled the corpse out of the burning mm-hmm. twisted metal <laughs> yeah look like this, this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then that old guy that tells the story i'm pretty sure he's a, he's like the janitor in beetlejuice oh when he gets to yes. the bar yeah. Oh, and i i grew up in that neck of the woods too by the way so uh where the dinosaurs are yeah uh, that's a real place that's, Ca- a, that's cabazon, uh cabazon oh cabazon oh okay yeah yeah yeah.
1: and uh it was in the movie the wiz wizard the wizard yeah. yeah
0: yeah and that's what's funny though uh check this shit out so that you know it was like a big restaurant it said eat really big on the side of it yeah. it was really that existed and i remember when <laughs> we were when we moved out to 29 palms and we passed that i'm like dude this is where fucking peewee hermit was at and it was so funny i'm like eat Where have I seen that? I'm like, and then I see the dinosaurs. I'm like, oh my God, this is where Pee Wee Herman was. Oh, it's so funny. I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah, 100%. Giant fucking red letters on like the white roof eat. So the truck drivers could see it from like a mile away, you know?
1: Okay. So so (laughs) stupid. Oh, so, you know, it's it's pretty crazy to think that this is Tim Burton's directorial debut. We all know Tim Burton. Um, you know, this is the, the legend who gave us Batman, Batman Returns, Edward Scissorhands, and A Nightmare Before Christmas, to name a few. So no doubt about it, the man knows how to make a good movie with his very, very unique style. If you were never told who directed Pee-wee's Big Adventure... Could you have guessed it was Tim Burton, question mark? And then what are some of your favorite trademarks or tropes uh, he, Tim Burton uses in his movies?
0: Sure. Um, I mean, I feel like the whole hindsight thing, you know, it's it seems like it's obvious that it's Tim Burton, but a lot of his signature stuff wasn't quite there yet. Aside from like the, like the invasive music where you just like, like the, (laughs) (laughs) it's so, I'm just like, Jesus Christ. And like when the door is knocking to like that beat and everything, I'm
1: just like, Jesus Christ. And he goes, clink, 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 clink.
0: So I'm like the close-ups, There's a lot of close, there there is a lot of Burton S Dutch angles and stuff, Yeah, but like his color palette isn't in this movie. Uh, I feel like uh, like Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands and Batman, um, all of those movies are all Sweeney Todd, uh, Corpse Bride, fucking Nightmare Before Christmas, all of that stuff uh, is screams Tim Burton, especially with like the black and white, like striped, like jailbird type clothing. You know, uh, like like Beetlejuice wears, like Beetlejuice's suit is seen. Like sort of that that color palette of the black and white stripe stuff. Right, you see that a lot in in uh, Tim Burton's work, and I don't think there is any of that in in Pee Wee. Uh, but when I as soon as I always see as soon as I see the black and white stripes, then I'm like, oh yeah, fucking fucking Tim Burton. <laughs> but uh, I don't. There might be hints of it, you know, like 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 how you were talking about with the imagery and everything, and and his camera shots and stuff, but. Uh I think that in two seconds you recognize that as Danny Elfman with the music. Yeah. But um I would not have put this there. Cause, I mean, as someone that just lumped in that Oz movie with with Tim Burton when that was a Sam Raimi, um, you know, maybe I don't really know who Tim Burton is either. Because <laughs> I straight up identified the wrong movie with his work. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I
1: I think you're right. He he has a more unique style. And this one is the one-off because it was his his first one, so he was still establishing that. And yes, you're right, hindsight's 2020, and so we can look back and be like, okay, I could see how that would work out. But movies like Beetlejuice or Edward Scissorhand definitely had that, that sharp color palette. And even in Big Fish, too, we see mm-hmm. a lot of that same style that has carried over um to to his later films and um, it's it, it, he he has those trademarks, and I think for me, things um like we just talked about Vincent, his short story. Uh, the only real uh, I don't know what you would call it, like not pup tree or animatronics or anything, but when he, he does like a stop motion, yeah, the stop motion thing he does for this is large Marge. That's the one that if you pause that, that looks just like a Beetlejuice thing, like the Shrunken Head, mm-hmm. a- anything in Beetlejuice, the Sandworms, um, and then. Pretty much every movie to follow up, besides maybe a few. Like, I don't think he really does much of it in Batman. Uh, Maybe more so in Batman Returns. Some of the yeah, with like the clown, the Triangle Gang, and stuff, and Penguin, Sleepy
0: Hollow. That's another one. So, sort of like it's almost like a gothic, a gothic horror, I guess. But, but on that note, I do think that there are a lot of parallels to Beetlejuice and Pee Wee. I feel like if Pee Wee were to die, he would be in the Beetlejuice universe, probably. You know, because there is you know, the sort of craziness that exists in Beetlejuice, like, like how, um, the, uh, what is the, what is their family? The Dietzes, um, you know, they, they have this weirdness about them. Like Catherine O'Hare, Catherine O'Hare's character, uh, what was her name? Like Delia or something like that. She, she had all these crazy sculptures and weird furniture and, and Otho was kind of weird. You know, he's, he's almost like a, like a Pee-wee slash Francis counterpart. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) they're all really strange in these universes, but the strange is the norm, which I think is interesting. Like Mm -hmm. you're the asshole if you're a normal person and you're not an eccentric weirdo Mm -hmm. in Tim Burton's universe. So I do feel like if Pee-wee Herman were to get hit by a bus, he would end up in the same situation as the 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 people in Beetlejuice, where he would be at the office and have to take a number and and be, <laughs> have to deal with all the weird shit around him, and he wouldn't even think twice about it.
1: Yeah, no, he'd be, it'd be par for the course for him. Yeah, yeah, totally. What um, what's your favorite Tim Burton movie and why?
0: Uh, if I would say the eighty nine Batman, uh, but if that's a if you consider that a cop out, then I would say Beetlejuice.
1: I don't think that's a cop out. I think. I mean, I'm a huge Batman fan. I think everyone knows that. But he that Batman is so different than any other style. I mean, that essentially uh, pushed the whole Batman, the animated series, um, uh, you know, stylistic um, approach, I guess is what you'd call it. But I think that was quite an undertaking because weren't people pretty pissed about Tim Burton doing that? Like they were pissed about Michael Keaton being Bruce Wayne and they were also pissed about, tim burton it might i I might be
0: wrong i don't remember people being upset about tim burton when i I was nine when it came out and i just like that you wrote a letter to your congressman i remember yeah i do remember people being upset with michael keaton because he was a comedian Mm -hmm. right and it just and everyone just gets so freaked out before they see anything
1: because he was mr mom
0: so yeah he did stand up yeah um and so i could see how people would think that that was weird but once you see him in the costume and the first like 10 minutes of the movie like fuck yeah dude i get it oh man and um you know, Edward Scissorhands is another one that I really enjoy. Uh, I like it because it's really weird. And I, I kind of like the love story thing going on. Uh, sort of the, uh, you know, what does it mean to be human? Yeah, he was created. Um, and I like how there's sort of this mythical approach. And I like how well, she's an old woman telling the story. And sometimes yeah. you can still see me dancing in the snow like it's almost like a fairy tale in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I really like the neighborhood. I had a fucking Edward Scissorhands moment one day when I was coming home from work. <laughs> and fucking four <laughs> other cars with me were going down my street and pulling into their driveway. And I was just like, oh my God, this is fucking Edward Scissorhands right now. I am living in suburbia. This is so weird. You got your lawnmowers out at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, my goodness. And I thought it was so funny that, you know, we I don't think we all left at the same time. But it was funny to all get home at the same time. And I'm just like, holy shit, dude, that was real. And uh, and I think it's fun. I like all the crazy, uh, you know, the neighbors. You know, these, these architects or archetypes of neighbors that exist. You know, there's the couch potato. There's the lonely housewife. There's, um, you know, the yuppies and all these 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 neighbors that, you know, so as you're watching, you're like, oh, my God, that's missing so and so. <laughs> and it makes perfect sense. And everyone's in everyone's business. And, you know, the potlucks and the and the, the backyard barbecues and all that stuff. It, it It's very relatable to me, which is, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And of all Tim Burton films, I think that there's something to be said about Edward Scissorhands and how weird it is, but still kind of capturing the lives that we live every single day.
1: I never got really, I never got truly into Edward's scissor hands, but um, but I I enjoyed it. It had that weird imagery that just kind of terrified me, and and I don't know what it was. I think it was just his knife hands and 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 the warm color palette. Like there's when, scissor hands. Well, you know what I mean. But like when he goes <laughs> when he goes to the neighborhood and it's just so bright, I I just for some reason I didn't like it. It was uh-huh. weird. So i don't I know. I think
0: that's why but see that's what's interesting too is because like wizard of oz is one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. and and it's a very much like a oz you know it's this world that you he doesn't know he starts off in this this crazy castle that's all dark and mysterious and he's alone and then you know he he gets transported to this other world and, and that he doesn't understand and people fear him and they're afraid of him and he has no idea what's going on he's fish out of water and even when the police are chasing after him and he's just running because he's scared uh, and then the whole town's after him, it kind of has this Frankenstein vibe to it. And I don't know. Yeah. It's, there's something that's really sweet about that movie. I don't know. I like it. Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I laughed harder on this viewing than
1: I've ever laughed at this movie. And my all time favorite part that I cannot control myself at is when he leaves the biker bar on the motorcycle. He immediately has no control on the bike. And you can tell right from the get go, his feet are basically dragging on the ground and he runs straight through the sign. I fucking laughed so hard at this part and I had to pause the movie. And I think it was just because of how his body language was, where, you know, they're all excited he can start the motorcycle and he just he's out of his element. (laughs) It was so fucking funny. The other close part I laughed at was when he is doing the tricks on his bike at the beginning and he hits a curb and flips over into the yard and he goes, I meant to do that. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. that part was funny. But um, what were the funniest moments for you? And um, I'll, I'll kind of compound on this. I, I think Paul Rubens is, is great at physical comedy, but I could totally see him in like a different genre of comedy, like like things like inside humor, prop comedy, surreal comedy, or character comedy. What What do you think? Like, What are your favorite moments and what kind of comedian is he?
0: Yeah, so I think I like his whole beginning. The whole beginning where he's getting ready. Not necessarily like the Tour de France or anything like that, like his dream sequence, but I like I like his routine in the morning. Yeah, his uh, Rube, Rube Goldman machine. <laughs> yeah, and I really like it when he's just trying to get into Francis's house and he's taking the bath and he's like uh, trying to, to be a prankster to get in there. <laughs> yeah. and I like the music that's playing with it. Um, I really like it when he's like trying to talk Dottie out of being interested in him. He's like, there's a lot of things you don't know about me, Dottie. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's so funny, dude. We fucking laugh every time. (sighs) Oh my God, it trips me up. And then like, um, I really like the the part when he's going over the exhibits, you know, like the evidence. (laughs) I think that is so fucking funny because it's so important to him and no one's into it um that shit just makes me laugh man uh and i think i mean those are kind of like the main things that i really like you know you always ask me if there's like um you know something that that sticks out that most people don't even notice or whatever Mm -hmm. and that and that's when he's on the phone with her and he's like i'm in texas (laughs) she's like what he's like Get honest I'll prove it it's like the stars <laughs> are not a big and <laughs> deep in the, the heart, heart of Texas. Texas oh my god I think that's so stupid but I, I think it's hilarious that and the law when he says the law that was a thing <laughs> me and my ex-wife anytime we saw a police officer we would just go the law <laughs> It was so funny! Oh my god, when he said it, I just started laughing because we said it to each other every time we saw a cop.
1: The, the law. law. Oh my god, that's awesome, man! Yeah, yeah. This movie, this movie is really funny. I, I was laughing a lot watching it, and I think a lot of it is too because we talked about it. But, but also, I mean, I just was reminiscing on back in the day when I would say things like hi Mario and whatnot. <laughs> and right he's like we shrunken head he's like no <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> yeah. he's like big head
0: ah! <laughs>
1: <laughs> does
0: it come in red
1: yeah does it come in red <laughs> want some gun, gum Mr. Buxton <laughs> fruit or spearmint <laughs> yeah. you believe me don't your dad all that oil coming out of your <laughs> mouth <that was> fucking <laughs> gross <laughs> so yeah. funny
0: I guess the dad's is like a hot gum right yeah, he has a hot gum
1: and then Francis has like oil gum, which was yeah, so gross. <laughs> so gross. He's got a
0: penguin mouth. <laughs> yeah. I don't make monkeys. I train them. <laughs> so Buckston, Buckston.
1: Yeah, it's um it's funny. I, I really like this movie a lot. And I think it, it has to wear on people like a, a nice a nice t-shirt or a sweater. You gotta wear it a couple times to really get it in the groove. But
0: yeah, and that's yeah. that's kind of a big ass though, because this movie is definitely not for everyone. And I know that when I watched it like 10 years ago, I was like you and I laughed at everything. Yeah. But this time, I it's not a long movie. It's only like an hour and a half. But I was just like, fuck, how long is this movie as I was watching it? I always say I was bored. I was just I was having trouble trying to like I guess what you were talking about, like narrow it down to like a genre and what kind of what kind of movie is this? Yeah. Because as I was watching it, I was just like, fuck, dude, I don't. I don't know about this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'd be really careful of who I recommend it to.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah, like if someone was like, "Hey, we're gonna watch it with kids," like like Gabbytron, if he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna watch it with my kids," I'm like, "I don't know about that, man." <laughs> like, right, you might not want to. Um, and you also need to know their their comedy, like if, if they would think these things are funny, because you know my reputation is is paramount, right? Sure. So,
0: sure. Yeah. But as far as like comedian goes, I mean, I think that he's definitely, you know, a, a physical comedian. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he has a lot of prop. I mean, Carrot Top is a prop comic. Oh, whereas, <laughs> you know, like I could see Pee Wee showing up with like some sort of doctor's medical bag kind of thing from like the 50s and just having all kinds of weird shit in it. Um, but at the same time, I think that a lot of what makes Pee Wee funny is just his facial expressions. Yeah. when He's talking to people. <laughs> yeah. And, and then when he, his excitement levels, you know, like he goes from zero to 60, it, very fast. <laughs> so I think that's a lot
1: of what makes him funny. I laugh every single time he does it, the tequila scene, just his little, how he's doing the around the waist kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so With fucking his hands, funny. Yeah, yeah his fun. dance is great. It just looks so uncomfortable, but I awesome. Like it when,
0: he, when he shushes the crowd, he's like... <laughs>
1: I'm trying to use the phone. I'm trying to use the (laughs) phone. (laughs)
0: It's so funny. They're like,
1: who the fuck is this guy? Then we tattoo him. And then (laughs) we hang him. And then we kill him. (laughs) So Pee Wee's bike, it's it's the best bike in the whole world. And he wouldn't sell it for $100 billion, million, trillion dollars. It's pretty heartbreaking when it gets stolen, even after he uses the foolproof chain to a clown method of locking it up. (laughs) The chain that never ends. Justin, have you ever had anything that you absolutely loved stolen from you? How did you feel? And did you ever replace it?
0: I did. So I remember when I installed my very first car stereo and uh, it was this Alpine stereo and I had Punk speakers and it was fucking awesome, man. And and I had a blast putting it together. And one day. I didn't take the faceplate off. And that night, someone broke into my car and stole <laughs> oh, it. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I felt so violated. I mean, it's just a stereo. It's totally replaceable. No big deal. But I hated that they... I had little wing windows on my pickup truck, the little tiny windows, and they broke that one to unlock the car. They stole all my CDs. They stole my stereo, and they cut it out. So, like, it wasn't even done, like, nicely. You know, they, they literally cut through my dash to get out my stereo. And... Because um, they had these locking brackets inside. Uh, just to make it easier or make it harder for them, and take a, take longer to get it out. So uh, the idea being it like a deterrent. And if they did try and steal it, maybe enough time passed to where you could see them do it. I guess is how that works. But uh, it was the middle of the night and they stole it, and I was really sad because it was something that I did. You know, like I right. went to the trouble to learn how to install a car stereo, and and I was frustrated, and I I felt violated, and I was angry, and Ultimately, I didn't replace it. Um, I, I just started driving around without a radio for like two years. And eventually I got a new car, but I just remember not having a radio for like two years in my car. Mm. so mad.
1: Yeah. I I haven't really had anything personal stolen necessarily or anything that was, was too important, but I have had like my car broken into, and it, I get you with the violated thing. You just even though like let's say nothing's been stolen you just feel dirty like someone was rifling through your 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 goodies you know and you're just like oh man and it at the end of the day it's just stuff but you kind of it just feels weird so I've never had my bike stolen um knock on wood but I know that like in Seattle bike theft is huge so pretty much if you ever own a bike it's going to get stolen at one point um uh, you and I both did loss prevention, and we both understand that theft is 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 frustrating. Um, I get people when they're in certain situations, but also when someone already has like six bikes and they're just stealing it because they're a thief. That pisses me off. So it's it, it's such a weird feeling to have, and I feel bad for Pee Wee because this is his you know his favorite possession in the world. He has a, a secret hidden room in his in his hedges for the bike, and just because. You know, Buckston wanted wanted it for himself. His he took uh, he decided he took precedent over Pee Wee's uh, needs. That was um, that was a bummer. But <laughs> he's like, I don't even want it anymore.
0: Get out of my sight. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I always took my faceplate off of my CD player too. um I never really left it on, but my old Chevy Blazer, you could easily just get in with pretty much any key you could unlock. I had people like in high school, like friends get into my car but they didn't do anything didn't take anything. They just like unlock my car and would, I don't know, make funny jokes on the inside. I don't know what they did, but yeah. <laughs> so all the horseplay. So dirty Mike and the boys, that's what it was. But so I want to go back to Tim Burton briefly. We discussed his unique visual style that he uses in in so many of his films. Have you ever been terrified of this? I know we kind of talked about it earlier too. So like Beetlejuice was a movie that was always really hard for me to watch because I didn't like the imagery. So the sandworms, I hated the shrinking heads. I hated when um, uh, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis had the pointy face things. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, when yeah. they
0: stretched out their faces. Yeah,
1: that scared the shit out of me. Did you have any other films that had visual moments, and they don't even have to be Tim Burton's? But did you have any other uh, films that had visual moments which really kind of rubbed you the wrong way?
0: Oh yeah, man! Uh, I can tell you right now, my go-to uh, least favorite scene ever is uh oh, I have two. So in Pet Cemetery, when the little boy has a scalpel and he cuts <gasps> like Jed's oh, god. mouth, <laughs> yeah, and his heel. Oh my god, I hate that shit. His oh. whole death just. Gives me the heebie-jeebies. Don't like it. Don't want to watch it. And when they remade Pet Cemetery, I opted not to watch it just in case there was a scene that upped the ante. <laughs> <laughs> no and fair. I was like, I, was like I don't think I can watch that one again. So <laughs> that one definitely rubbed me the wrong way. I fucking, hate, I hate face wounds. It, it grosses me out. <laughs> yeah. Anything with the mouth. Like, did you ever see that movie Mirrors with um, Kiefer Sutherland? And no, you told me about it. Though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one's pretty gross too. That. Cause she like rips her jaw off yeah, it's awful. And I hate that. But, um, the other one is fire in the sky when he's yeah. abducted by aliens and the little needles coming all the way down to his eye. Woo. I don't like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that makes the Lord very nervous. I can't even put contacts on because I fucking hate it. I hate eye drops. I, I have, I have a real problem with eye injuries and, um, Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't like it. So it sounds weird, but just those, just those two things, like the mouth cut and, and the eye stabbing and, and it's it's even the camera cuts away for the most part, but I think it's more me getting like sympathy pains (laughs) (laughs) and it grosses (laughs) me out that I'm just like, "Eh, (laughs) I'm not into that. I mean, I've, I've seen a whole matter of horror in my 41 years on this planet. But those two things just rubbed me the wrong way, man. I hate it.
1: And also, Dawn of the Dead, when she bites the neck, you don't want to eat no chicken sandwiches during that scene.
0: So. Yeah, so <laughs> that one was gross when she's, like, pulling on his face and everything. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, that just grossed me out. because mm-hmm. I was in the middle of chewing on something, and it might as well have been the guy's face because it, that's all I could think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could watch it now and, and just be like, oh, yeah, that's pretty gnarly. But it, it's not turn away gnarly. Like, uh, what was his name? Jed? Was that his name? From, I forget his name from, from Pet Cemetery, the old guy, something it's like, like Herman, that. Yeah. Herman Munster, the, yeah, uh, the, the yeah. judge from <laughs> from my cousin Vinny. Yeah, yeah that guy. Uh, Utes? Crazy. What are Utes? <laughs> yeah, what is a Ute? Yeah, Ute. The Utes <laughs> these days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what was that word? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh yeah, that movie. Oh man, I don't like anything Achilles' heels. So, um, in the movie Hostel, uh, they they cut his Achilles' heels and he tries to walk. I mean, that movie's disgusting, anyways, but. I cannot stand that. And um, same thing with fingernails. So like in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the 2000, I think like four version or 2003 version or whatever, when the guy, the the pretty boy is getting dragged downstairs and they show his fingernails get ripped off that entire movie. I could eat a bucket of pasta, but the fingernails part, I just can't watch it. It's too, I don't like fingernails getting ripped off. Mm-hmm. and it, it's just something that makes me squeamish, so so that is is very interesting. Anytime someone eats in a movie, I mean, steve was was telling us we should do the platform, and that movie's all about like gluttony. i um, I can't watch people eat on in movies and 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 binge eat. it's just it's too heavy, and it's oh, I don't know. So a lot of the eighties films like you were talking about, Heathers and those movies have this same kind of vibe. It's just gross to me for some reason. Mm-hmm. i don't know I, I just don't know what it is but the imagery is yeah it's it's
0: it's frightening <laughs> yeah it's all funny yeah because like return to oz is really weird too yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean i can watch it now as an adult and i'm like oh yeah that's not so bad but as a child you know it was pretty it was pretty nuts dude mm-hmm. even like something like dark crystal yeah or labyrinth you know, I, I, yeah labyrinth. i would lump all those sort of together in some weird way like um mm-hmm. you know uh Return to Oz, like with the wheelers, they were really scary. Dude, right. it um, was a Disney every, movie. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of dicey. Uh, but, you know, speaking of like the, the fingernail thing, um, did you ever see Star Echoes with... um
1: Kevin Bacon.
0: Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I think when the girl gets dragged away, her nail breaks. Mm-hmm. And for that, and that's, I don't want to watch gross. it. I don't yeah. like it. I don't like any of that shit. I think that's that movie.
1: Oh, God, it gives me chills. Actually, literally yeah. right now. I, Keep I can't yeah.
0: I can't do it. <laughs> it's not my favorite. Um, I, don't, I don't like that either. But, yeah, 80s... 80s 80s horror what were we calling that? just 80s 80s scary that's what you're
1: calling it 80s, yeah, scary. 80s scary it's weird man i just I don't like it yeah so we talked about the score earlier in this movie or in this podcast and and so the score in this movie was it was super super cool uh it was very cool which was absolutely no <laughs> surprise considering it was done by danny elfman uh, much like tim burton's trademark visual style elfman has the tunes and sound that are so recognizable are you able to spot a Danny Elfman score on a blind viewing for any film, and how do his scores enhance the viewing experience for you? And then finally, do you have any favorites? Uh,
0: yeah, man. Uh, I think I think that it's fair to say that I can identify pretty much any score as a Danny Elfman one, uh, more so than most. I mean, there are some movies that you know you feel like are John Williams movie, um, but then every once in a while you get surprised. <laughs> You're like, oh shit, I didn't realize that someone so did it. But I do think that. <laughs> yeah um i do think that danny elfman has a unique sound uh to where it's almost like one giant collection of of you know like in fashion when there's there's 10 different outfits but they all sort of are cohesive and they go together i feel like a lot of his scores are like that too and Mm -hmm. so i think that it's fair to say that i could probably identify a film or a score as i heard it going in blind that it would be danny elfman
1: yes yes Yeah, he has that kind of high-pitched and and whimsical and and kind of adventurous sound um, Mm -hmm. that's just so different. But yeah, yeah. he
0: also has a mischievous sound. Yeah,
1: totally. That's a good way to put it, too. But Mars Attacks, like, I mean, that's he does that, too. And Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. I mean, him and Tim Burton, it it goes hand in hand. It's like it's like lamb and tuna
0: fish. You know, it goes hand in hand. So I, I think they had a falling out at one point. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, that's a bummer. I mean, they might have rekindled their relationship or whatever, but I do think that there was a gap. Do you have any favorites of Danny Elfman's?
1: Like any, any favorite movies or anything like that? Yeah, his uh, scores from certain oh, movies. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, like, Nightmare Before Christmas is probably my favorite. That's a great one. Um, love it. Um, I would say that uh, 89 Batman theme's pretty pretty solid. Beetlejuice is another one. Um, those are all great, man. I, I dig I dig the Danny Elfman's. Yeah, so it's funny because like I'm a
1: diehard Simpsons fan. I've seen The Simpsons probably ten times through, like every season up until like probably season twenty. But mm-hmm. anyways, um, you know, obviously his his is one of the most recognizable um, theme songs of any TV show. Sure, and it sounds like Danny Elfman. Oh my god, yeah, exactly. Um, but the thing that I, whenever I think of Danny Elfman, the first film that comes to mind is actually Men in Black, and we talked about this before the show, but. For some reason, Men in Black was was just there because I remember it flying in and uh, it was like kind of written in the stars. Um, he watching that movie, it, it, it it's basically a a um, archetype of what Danny Elfman would do for, for it. You know, it's aliens and just out of this world shit. Aside from the whole Will Smith song and Danny Elfman scores that movie very well and it, it makes it fun. That's what he does. He just makes movies fun. I think that's how it enhances my viewing experience, at least. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like the stakes are super high. It just seems like cool. <laughs> right. I Yeah, I, I don't know. But 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 Mars Attacks, I mean, Edward Scissorhands, it has a great score. It's really beautiful at times. And then it's really, you know, heartfelt and and, and it's kind of scary. It's he just goes all over. And then the Batman score. I mean, how can you argue with that? You know, that's. One of the greatest. So. Sure.
0: You know what's funny is he did do the music for Oz the Great and Powerful. Oh, wow. Yeah. And maybe that's why I thought Tim Burton did because of the music. That's so funny. Yeah. I, am, I think that's hilarious. Oz the Great but he's and done Powerful. He's done a lot of scores that, you know, looking back, like, as I'm looking at them, I had no idea that he did them. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like, non, non-crazy non movies, you know, like, um, uh, I just, I just lost it. I apologize. Oh, please. Yeah, looking at his IMDb page, you know, like when I see something like um, the girl on a train, right? I didn't, I didn't know that was him. I didn't know that he did music for Avengers: Age of Ultron. I didn't know that he did um, uh, Real Steel. Who? Uh, Danny Elfman did Real Steel? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I know, right? So, I mean, he's definitely done stuff that, like, what would be you know, like non-Burton-esque films, you know, he's got a a lot of stuff. Like Milk, he did. Notorious. Wanted. The Kingdom. It's my favorite James McAvoy movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fucking Creed.
0: So, I mean, that's that's crazy. Wow. I didn't didn't know know that. I didn't either. The more you
1: know, right? I know, right? Fascinating. So, when this movie was released, you know, it didn't fare well with critics, I'll say. And and this is 1985, so this is 36 years ago. Um obviously with Rotten Tomatoes, it's an 87%, and, and and we're just fans, and so it fared really well. But Justin read some pretty shitty reviews where people didn't even watch the movie and they were out of this, they're out of their minds. In fact, one of the most famous film critics, Gene Siskel of Siskel and Ebert, he absolutely despised it. He said, For me, Pee-wee's juvenile humor, I guess, works better in seven-minute skits. That's the only conclusion I can draw from my negative response to this movie that just didn't make it for me. What a dick. You know, clearly he was very wrong as this movie became a comedy classic (laughs) that made good money and it featured on top on many top comedic film lists. We seem to discuss Siskel and Ebert on this show pretty often, actually, when we do our critical reception portion. Most of the time, these dudes clearly miss the mark with their cynical and tone deaf reviews. I know this is somewhat hypocritical since you and I are essentially reviewing films, but sometimes film critics can be a huge issue. I think it's a polarizing one for sure, but let's discuss this. Do critics hurt films more so than they help? And are they being too tough or serious instead of just having fun and relaxing? Like, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I do think that there's a balance there. I mean for some reason critics exist right we all have an opinion right before it was you had to work for a newspaper to have a voice but now the internet lets everybody any asshole with a microphone can have a podcast and talk about movies which is exactly what we do right but i remember listening to a podcast that had danny mcbride talking about um land of the lost yeah and that movie was a was a was a critical failure before it even came out you know like uh they're, they're slamming it like the day before it gets released. Oof. And then everyone's like, well, I guess I'll need to see this movie. And it literally hurt the box office. And that's and that's when you have Will Ferrell and Danny McBride, two of the biggest comedy names, right? Mm-hmm. And they can't even get a movie off the ground because critics are saying how terrible it is, right? Mm-hmm. But then on the flip side of that, that sometimes there's a movie that you never even heard of that critics think is amazing. And you're like, oh, look, I'll give it a shot. Uh, And I I think that I think that there are pros and cons, Uh, you know, and specifically with like, as far as this show goes, there's been a lot of movies that we've done that people had never heard of before. And then they went on and watched it and either loved it or hated it. But the cool thing is that they watched it because they had never even heard of it before. And I think that that's one of the the unique things about the voice of critics is it introduces you to things that you might not knew existed. Totally.
1: It's, You know, because they they do, they have a certain pull and they're in a certain light where people are like, well, I trust this person's opinion. Like for you, um, I I trust your opinion on certain films because you have a different way of looking at things. But it's hard to argue with with people like Siskel and Ebert because they're held in such high regard and they have such, I don't know, rapport um, and clout. But, but they're from Chicago. I, Chicago I know. don't like movies. <laughs> I know. And it, which is so weird. Because even like the, the watchables podcast that I listen to, whenever they do things like they didn't like Shawshank Redemption. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's like one of the greatest movies of all time. It's just yeah. it's so fucking if, absurd.
0: If, if, <laughs> it, I agree. If if AFI were to one day dethrone Citizen Kane with the with a new number one movie of all time. I would not be surprised if it were Shawshank Redemption. I mean, seriously, it's, it's one of the greatest films of all time and it just keeps getting
1: better each viewing. It's, it's one of those movies. Whenever I ask people, I'm like, Hey, what's a film. If you were watching the television and uh, you're watching the Powerball and it, it came on TV. um, What one movie would you just stop and stop everything and just continue watching? And for me, it's like Con Air and, (laughs) and, and, and and Shawshank Redemption and Jurassic Uh. Park. But I mean, I will always watch Shawshank when I feel like, cause it was on TNT for like 15 years, it would be on at random moments. And I watched the shit out of that movie, but mm-hmm. they are just, they're just two guys who, yeah, they, you know, they have this prestige and everything like that. And they did a lot for the city of Chicago, but it sucks that their reviews, especially in a time before the internet could really make or break a movie. So I'm glad that things get second life, you know, second and third lives after after things but this movie kind of started out as a cult classic um so so whenever someone tells me uh, like oh hey this did really well on rotten tomatoes before it comes out i'm like i don't i don't care about rotten tomatoes rotten tomatoes is, is garbage to me in, in my opinion but I, we reference it every week well we reference movies that have been around for for quite some time and and what i mean is is rotten tomatoes is garbage in the sense of a movie that hasn't come out yet and then they're like well it's it's already scoring 98 metacritic on rotten tomatoes i'm like um that's only like people who have had the the screenings before. And of course they're hyped up about it. And I don't know, man, I think it's, I'll listen to reviews, but I always try to go into a movie with just my, my own, um, I don't know, validations, maybe (laughs) something. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's interesting for sure. (laughs) So I I, I think they can, I don't want to say that they can cause more harm than they can do. Good.
0: Because that's not very fair of me to say, but no, I mean, I think the world needs them, but I do think that there are times where where you have someone that hates horror that is reviewing a horror movie, or someone yeah that, that has no sense of humor going to review, you know, fucking Ace Ventura, and it's just not going to work. You know, <laughs> what I mean? shallow and pedantic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And So I do think that if let's just pretend for a second that you run some sort of 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 blog or website or entertainment source and and you have a film review section i would hope that you had multiple writers available that liked different things and that were subject matter experts on those genres to go watch those movies i would like I wouldn't trust my sister to write a review for a horror movie uh, because she doesn't she's not into it so of course she's going to have a negative experience before she even gets started. Yeah. Whereas if it were somebody like, like our buddy, uh, Steven Alva Wood, you know, he's, he's seen that 10,000 horror films and he would be able to say this movie was good for these reasons, or this movie was bad for these reasons and totally. for, in his opinion. And based on his credibility and what I know that he enjoys, maybe we should have the same likes that. Maybe I want to stay away from this movie or, at the end of the day, I think that we all have our opinions and that's great. And if we can argue for or against something, then maybe it can sway you to have your opinion. Uh, and, and we'll go from there. And, you know, when we started doing this podcast, we did a lot of movies that you and I didn't agree on. Yeah. Uh, somehow <laughs> we sort of flocked to movies that we actually both enjoy. There's a few that come out every now and again that we are just on, on opposite sides of the spectrum. But mm-hmm. um, you know, like Big Trouble in Little China, you didn't really like, no. and I love uh, Speed Racer. <laughs> you didn't like, I love Welcome to the Dollhouse. You, uh, you know, you didn't like, and I love. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there are there are those movies, but I mean, out of 116 episodes, if there's under 10 that we are just universally at odds with each other, then like. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So I mean, we do have sort of the same taste, but they're also we're also e- eclectic moviegoers. You mm-hmm. know, we like a little bit of everything. So I do think that when you are a a critic or a reviewer and you are reviewing something that you on paper should enjoy and then you hate, that's very different than something like you know I hate all these movies. I hate movies. I li- I like books.
1: I, I I
0: watch books. I don't watch movies. <laughs> the then book was th- better. <laughs> it's going to be a problem. Yeah, and then and then they say these they write these scathing reviews. I know some people say very hateful things about the talent that's on the on the screen, and and I, I'm not interested in that. When you read a review about The Mask Two, and you see that they're writing <laughs> horrible things about Jamie Kennedy just to get clicks, that's a terrible person.
1: Right. Yeah. I think that's what it comes down to is is especially now with with the internet and stuff and the clickbaity titles. Oh, man, it's just such a bummer. And I I wish that's I understand why the reviews exist, but I really want people to go into more movies kind of just blind or formulate their own opinions. And I think a, a big reason you and I agree on a lot of these is because we're a lot more open to, to the movies. We're not sitting with our arms crossed, watching it being like, Nope, this is such a childish film. I'm not going to laugh at anything on the screen for Wee's big adventure. If we, like if I had never seen this movie, like I was saying, it might be a little, I'd be like, what the fuck did I just watch? But it's 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 better it's more fun to talk about movies we like instead of movies that we absolutely hate because then it's like well shit <laughs> so right yeah i don't know i mean i i i get exactly what you're saying though for sure
0: yeah i i just think that if you can critique a movie for its you know its technical merits and the talent that's on screen i think that's different than than saying just writing horrible things about the actual person that's in it
1: totally Totally. No, that's
0: there's no room for that that's like gossip journalism or something like that i just want to watch a movie talk about it with a dear friend
1: yeah absolutely so this question may be a little more personal so you don't have to answer it but i discussed growing up watching episodes of Wee's playhouse amongst many other childhood shows and like for me i watched sesame street rugrats recess doug beast wars and exo squad do you have any ideas of shows? Squad. <laughs> it was this really cool show about these yeah, like.
0: Well, I, I I know it. I'm familiar oh, with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And people, people die on that show, the Neo-Sapiens yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, I yeah, had yeah. the
1: toys, and Bruno was my, my favorite character. He had this like grappling hook gun thing, and I had the toy. But I used to wake up at 6 a.m. before school to watch that because it would be on like ABC or Fox or whatever it was, and I fucking loved that show. My brother and I had all the toys from it.
0: It was on Hulu for the longest time. I don't know if it's really, yeah. Oh my god,
1: I will. So, do you have any ideas of shows that you may want to introduce to your kids to when they are an appropriate age to watch?
0: Uh, yeah, so it's interesting because I'm already like adding stuff to like a list of things that I (laughs) want King of the Hill. Uh. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, they might need to be older to enjoy that one. But um, like stuff that I watched when I was a kid, like I love the the 66 Batman. Like I fucking loved it so goddamn much. I just I, I always had to, to watch the two episodes to find out what happened. You know, stay tuned. You know, same bad time, same bad channel. All that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, the old Disney cartoons. I fucking love all of them. The same cartoons my parents watched when they were kids. The sort of the, the Mickey Donald and Goofy Chip and Dale type stuff uh i just eat that stuff up and especially the the do-it-yourself um goofy videos i think those are always so funny where he's like learning how to do sports you know <laughs> yeah. like he's in pe class and he's learning all the <laughs> he's lifting these stuff, weights how to, yeah lifting weights <laughs> doing the rope all that stuff i think it's so fucking funny Learn how to dive yeah uh, just all that stuff uh or then when the three of them are on some adventure together like the like uh, mickey's trailer or yeah gotta build a pirate ship or some shit uh, there's just all that stuff so funny and and nothing you know things work out for Mickey but you know Donald is just at its wits end and he's pulling out his feathers and he's so mad and he just wants to start fights with everybody <laughs> um, you know you just see all these different types of people and uh, or animals I guess I should say but I just love all that stuff I think it's so fucking funny mm-hmm. so hopefully they'll be into that uh, I was really into like the Hanna-Barbera cartoons you know like mm-hmm. the wacky racers and uh things like Jetsons and things like that, Flintstones. But the shows that had like laugh tracks, I always thought that was kind of weird. Like it was done in front of a live studio audience, but it's a cartoon, so how could that be? <laughs> <laughs> like who's laughing? Who's, who's laughing at this right now? Uh and I like Scooby Doo a lot. I like the kids off on adventures and and foiling old grumpy men. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was fun.
1: Yeah, it's some of those some of those shows because it's funny because you guys were talking about this on the geek Legacy podcast actually. Um, some of those shows might be interesting because like I love the nostalgia of them and I can't wait to show my kids but, I wonder if they're going to be like, yeah, I don't like this. Or, eh, you know, Pee Wee's Playhouse is kind of You're going to watch it and you're going to like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Yo. Yeah. yeah. it's, And that's and that's fine because, like, I never got into the Peanuts. Like, I couldn't stand Charlie. Yeah. I was like, what a fucking loser this kid is. Like, <laughs> I hated everything about him. I hated his attitude. I hate him how he was just like, he gave up all the time. I'm like, what is this kid's deal, man? You're such a Debbie Downer. Try to be a positive Pete every once in a while. Chuck, what <laughs> the fuck? And uh, it always bothered me. Uh, and even like bugs bunny i was never into bugs bunny because he always won and he always like humiliated whoever his bad guy was you know, like <laughs> yeah. elmer fudd or something and i was like what is this asshole's problem <laughs> and uh i don't know it was really weird uh but i love like uh you know like wiley e. coyote and roadrunner cartoons stuff like that there's this one with daffy duck where he's like robin hood and he's like swinging from this vine and he keeps screaming yikes and away, and then he, and he keeps hitting a tree, and it's so fucking funny. I can't stop laughing. This is the other one with like Humphrey the Bear, and he's like, he's got a, uh, he's with the Ranger, and he's got to pick up the garbage, and it's like, uh, you know, poke the paper, put it in the bag, bump, bump. And then like, these bears like, bump butts, and it's the funniest fucking thing ever, and I love it so much. And if my kid, is not interested. I'm gonna be really sad, <laughs> uh, but I get it. I mean, it's it's totally cool, and you like what you like, and that's all there is to it. But yeah, you know, part of me will be sad if my child, you know, doesn't like Dexter's Laboratory or doesn't like Disney or something like that. I'll be like, oh shit! Fuck ben- dang, right, Venture Bros. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Venture Bros. is great, or like the X Men cartoon. Holy shit! Oh, I would man, love man. to watch that with my kid.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all those ones, I mean, for me, I I think one of my all time favorites is Batman, the animated series. And like, I think Batman's just one of those timeless characters, obviously, and we're going to continue seeing iterations for my kids generations. And um, so I would like to show them like, hey, this is still Batman. I mean, because you could even watch like one of yours is is, is the 19. Was that the 60s Batman or like the Adam yeah. West stuff was in the 60s? Yeah. Like you obviously weren't alive in the 60s, but you fucking love it. And it's just one of those cool things that you can continue showing because it's just timeless and it's like, look at this Batman iteration. They dance and they <laughs> they fight and it says Kapow and all
0: that kind of stuff. It's right. so
1: it's so interesting.
0: Oh, I know. I fucking love it. But th- the thing is, though, like, a lot of that technology was still around in my childhood, right? Like, yeah. using those phones and, and not having cell phones and, and the t- there, yeah, the technology got better, but it, it was mostly the same stuff, whereas uh shows now everybody has like a cell phone and everyone's a fucking computer hacker and all this other bullshit and so shows like like oh yeah i'll just hack into this atm camera yeah. and then you know we'll unlock the building and you can get in and no big deal i'll reroute the encryptions blah 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 and uh it's like what are you even saying dude pc load letter yeah what <laughs> does that mean and so that kind of shit always bothers me but you're right you know uh the Batman the animated series is incredible and I love that show I have I own them all and and I I I watch it regularly it's so good I even like Batman Beyond I think that show is fucking awesome too. yeah um and and I hope that they like those shows as well but if it ends up being fucking Doc McStuffins or whatever then (laughs) I have headphones I'll I'll listen to something else there you go David brought up an interesting point where you know, he's got his kids watching all the stuff that he liked, but then when they went to school and they started, the kids are talking about shows they watched, like, what are you talking about?
1: <laughs> You're out of the crew, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's interesting. But uh, inversely, his kids could have been the cool kids and be like, whoa, like, they're super edgy and they like, they, they know this indie shit before we even know about it. So. Right. <laughs> right.
0: I know. You know. it's uh, It could go either way. For sure. We shall see.
1: Yeah, totally. But so that's all I have on Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Um, do you have anything else? And what is your letter grade for it?
0: Uh, I don't think I have anything else. I, I, I think there's a lot to celebrate with this movie. I think the music's really cool. I think that Pee Wee's personality is is pretty funny. I like how he just overreacts to things. Like you were talking about with the different heads, or he even like the tiny head. <laughs> don't think I, can ah! uh, I like how he's he's very engaging with his audience, you know? So when you ask who is this movie for, I, th- I honestly think it's for everybody. Yeah, more so for adults or or younger people, but um, I do think that there's something for everybody, and and this movie is a bit of a riot. I I could not classify it other than a dark comedy, and and I do think I do think that it's fun that we're not able to classify it in its own little weird way. <laughs> yeah. I think that that, that says something uh, about the comedy. Uh, you know, good comedy is timeless. Phil Hartman was one hell of a comedian. Uh, Paul Rubens is one hell of a performer, and uh, and I, I I don't think that uh, it's going to be anytime soon before we get another Pee Wee esque type character uh, on our screens that we're ready to enjoy. So yeah, um, I I would probably give this movie a B plus. Um, I I do think it's great, and if if you have ninety minutes, then definitely check it out. It is uh, what is it streaming on? We saw it on HBO Max. HBO Max. Max. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go a little bit lower and just give it a B. It, it's more because, like, I absolutely love this movie, but I love it for my personal reasons. It's not a good movie necessarily. It's just a lot of randomness, and it, it, it it's short, which is great. So it's a good watch. But I mean, I'd have a hard time telling someone to watch this. And like, I know friends who are like, "Man, that movie scared me as a kid." Or it's it's just it's hard to recommend it. And like, when I look at the big picture, it's not like a good movie or anything like that, but it's nostalgic for me and I like it. So it's, it, it's a B for me, I think. All right. That's fair. Yeah, totally. But, um, cool, man. So take me home tonight. Is that what we're doing? Are we, <laughs> I don't know. The Suncoast. <laughs> yeah. The Suncoast video. Well, thank you for listening to the don't be crazy podcast. Remember, uh, we have, um, Twitter. Remember to follow us on Twitter at dbcrazypod and Instagram oh yeah and Instagram and the Insta face Uh, dbcrazypod on Instagram we post lots of fun pictures like room for one mole that kind of (laughs) stuff (laughs) and then that was funny I like that 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 was really good Um, Edgy Armo. that is Justin's Twitter handle and at zackdale60 that is mine and those are also our Instagram handles You can share your thoughts with us there, and we'll discuss them on our show. And you can tell us what movies you think we should watch for our next episodes. we got October coming up, which is our spooky month, and we do uh, Halloween movies. We're very excited about this. I mean, my personal favorite is is horror, so I'm excited to have it. We're going to have some guests on the shows, and it'll be a lot of fun. So much fun. Uh, Please be sure to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you enjoy the show. Please also be sure to check out the Geek Legacy podcast with David, Randy, and Justin. They just had a funny episode where, like, half an hour was just Randy and David talking about toys. I was I like... I was I like... I
0: almost cut it all out, but I was like, you know what? Fuck it. They spent the energy talking. I'll leave it in.
1: It was great because David was like, hey, I'm high off of the fumes, and I, I I listened to it on my run, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, they're still talking about the Razor Crest, and they're still talking about... God knows
0: what. Green jacket, gold jacket, who gives a shit? So. I know. It was literally 28 minutes. It's 26 minutes on the podcast because I had to edit out some like, intro yeah. stuff. But literally 26 minutes of them just going on and on about toys and 3D printing and stuff. It's so funny. I thought it was funny. I really
1: enjoyed it. So it was cool. But anyways, yeah, please be sure to check out the Geek Legacy podcast. A lot of fun there. It's, uh, it's a romp. Two thumbs way, way up. Uh, just please don't be crazy. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much.